I'm Fry. And I'm Brie, ranking all of the popes from Peter to Francis. And this is episode 117, Pope Theodore II. Yeah, I'm I, I'm glad we're getting another Theodore. That's a fun yeah. name. But before we go into Theodore, Fry, mm-hmm. we have to go to confessional. Oh no, what do we do? <laughs> well, forgive us, Father, for we have sinned. It has been... 40 episodes since our last confessional, and this one is breaking our streak for a really stupid reason that I'm probably the only person that would have ever noticed this as a thing, but I'm going to do it because I noticed my mistake. In our last episode, we said that Romanus was pope for four months, which we called a quarter of a year and gave him the score of 0.0625. But four months is a third of the year. So he actually gets rounded up to the next quarter, which gives him half a year, and a score of 0.125. So this brings his total score from what we said was 14.3125 to 14.375. So, you know. (laughs) Oh, boy, the math. You know, that's really going to mess up the ranking. Yeah, it's definitely um, not going to change anything. And I don't think... (laughs) Like I said, anybody would have ever noticed, but you know what it's who who does um the infographics? David? Dave? Yeah. Yeah. He might have noticed. <laughs> uh he would have noticed. <laughs> <laughs> but but no one else would have, but we are keeping ourselves honest. So that's that's our confessional. We shall do our penance. And now it's time for Theodore the second. So are you ready? Yeah. Theodore was born in Rome in the year 840. His father's name was Photius, and he had a brother called Theodosius, who also entered the church and became a bishop. Man, okay. I did he did he pick his pope name, or did this guy just name both his kids Theodore? Oh, definitely named both of his kids Theodore. <laughs> this is a George Foreman situation. Absolutely. I mean, but if you're a religious family, Theo is a great moniker, right? Because it, it, it means God. Mm-hmm. Theophilia is the love of God. So we have Theodosius and Theodore. And if, the, if there's going to be one in churchy people, it makes sense. Fair. But they are definitely Theo and Theo. So like Romanus, Theodore is praised by Flodard of Reims, who calls him temperate, charitable, chaste, and beloved by the clergy. Gosh, really likes him. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very nice. Flodert is is very like gentle when he's talking about the Pope, which is great because during this time we know almost nothing else. So it's nice to know that they were just lovely people. Good guys. Yeah. Unfortunately, all we know about his church career pre-papacy is that Theodore was ordained as a priest sometime in the pontificate of Stephen V. Then, in December of 897, as we talked about last week, Romanus was deposed for reasons unknown, and Theodore is abruptly elected to be his successor. Technically, Theodore is an anti-pope, but we're not going to hold that against him. Well, he had nothing to do with Romanus' deposition. He didn't didn't walk up and kick Romanus out, but Romanus is still pope until he dies. Which was very soon after. Actually, 
Oh, that's interesting. We'll have to come back to that point at the end of the episode once we discuss this, because you might you might be on to something. <laughs> <laughs> so last time we speculated that one of the reasons for Romanus's deposition could be that he didn't go far enough in rehabilitating Pope Formosus. And, and given what we'll see about Theodore, this may have been the case. We can be sure, though, that Theodore was not installed on behalf of the Spilatan party because Theodore's first act as pope was to convene a synod to officially undo the cadaver synod in full. Like, no dancing around it. This is all being undone. So at this synod, Theodore officially undid all of Stephen VI's condemnation of Formosus, much as Romanus had, but then he went further and reinstated all of the clerics that Stephen had forced to resign validating their ordinations, which had been conducted by Formosus. He then burned the acts and canons of Stephen and the resignation acts that he'd forced the clerics to all sign. Man, not coming back from that. It's gone. (laughs) Gone. Gone. Another reason. (laughs) You can't even, like, reference it. Nope. It's gone. Not at all. It is gone forever. And this is, again... One of the many reasons we don't have a lot of sourcing from this time period, because there's a lot of, you know, undoing, as we've talked about, but there tends to also now be a lot of burning of acts. So there's that. So then Theodore ordered that the body of Formosus, where it lay in the riverside grave, be re-exhumed, redressed in papal vestments, and brought back to St. Peter's, where it was buried in its original tomb with all proper funerary ceremony. We have a quote from Auxilius, quote, By his orders, the body still entire was brought, except for those two fingers, so (laughs) still entire was brought back to the city with the greatest pomp and the singing of songs and hymns with lights and incense. Clad once more in pontifical vestments, it was conveyed to the Basilica of St. Peter and placed beside the confession. There, in the presence of the Pope, mass was said for the unhappy pontiff, and his body was restored to his tomb. So that's pretty good, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. It's it's nice if, if we think that Romanus, in undoing Stephen's acts, didn't go far enough. Theodore actually dug him back up and brought him back to St. Peter's. So this is like a full restoration here. Mm-hmm. Burning of the axe, body is back in the tomb. It's all done now. Okay. But unfortunately, Theodore no. was not long for the papacy <laughs> or the world. And after only 20 days as Pope, he died in late December of 897. So his cause of death is unknown. But given how things have been going for popes as of late. Possible murder. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of speculation that his death was not from natural causes. Same. The same guy who murdered... The other Pope, previous Romanus. Pope. Romanus. <laughs> the same guy who murdered Romanus just, like, did a tour. Yeah, and that's entirely possible because there is a thought that he could have been murdered by the Spilatans for undoing the Cadaver Synod because, you know, this is just the, the way things go now. Although, since there is no evidence to support any specific theory, it's just generally, like, Unknown foul play in all of the sources. So, assassin tour is what we're going with. 
It's an assassination tour. <laughs> Look, that man would have been so rich in Rome at this time because <laughs> that is going to become a very lucrative career. And a lot of people get stuck with that job that really don't want that job. So, you know, he could have been very wealthy. Fair. You know, if it was true, though, he would definitely have a musical number in that Assassin's musical. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Well, that is is something we're going to have to talk about is musicals from this era, because there is a Cadaver Synod musical that oh, we're I about know. to review. <laughs> so actually, by the time this episode comes out, we that may have already been recorded and released. But yeah, musicals at the time. But anyways, Theodore was buried in St. Peter's and his tomb was destroyed for new St. Peter's. But his epitaph, which may have been written by Floderd himself has been preserved. Theodore, beloved by the clergy and a friend of peace, governed the Roman jurisdiction for 12 days. Pious and chaste and filled with goodness, he lived in the fatherland. A generous lover and foster father to the poor, he taught the people to what unite What is he doing to the poor? <laughs> you know, generous lover is a real <laughs> weird That's phrasing there. the phrase you want. A, a generous lover and foster father to the, the poor. No. I just hear Archer's voice yelling phrasing. <laughs> he taught the people to unite under the bonds of peace. He joined the priests together in honor and harmony while he recalled the scattered dissenters back to their own seas. He, very pleased, was seized to be placed in the throne decreed for him. So... There's that. And that's, that's Theodore. I mean, that, that's all we have to say about him. And now it is time to rate him. Papatum infallium. So first, I want to address your anti-Pope comment, because I was thinking, knowing that this was going to be a very, very short episode, and that Theodore is going to be a very, very short-lived Pope, I had to go back and find out when Romanus actually died. Mm -hmm. to make sure that they didn't actually overlap as an anti-pope situation. Because it's entirely possible, given only 20 days, that Theodore could have been raised and died in the time that Romanus was still in jail. Fortunately, that's not the case. Romanus ah. died in November of 897, and, <laughs> um, and Theodore was only pope during December of 897. So we're all good on that oh, front. Oh, so they still had rules. Ah, yeah, they or, or just conveniently lined up one way or another. Point being, someone has integrity. It's not the assassin. <laughs> Considering how many anti-pope episodes I've been writing lately, um, they need to go back to that. Because there's definitely no standards coming up very soon. But anyways, Papatum and Valium. So generally speaking, one of the sources that we have is Bartolomeo Platina. But all he has to say about Theodore is Theodorus, in his 20th day of the papacy, died leaving through the shortness of his time, nothing memorable of himself. Which is going to kind of define this category. Like, the rest of Platina's entry on Theodore barely mentions him at all, aside from this one line. It's all commentary about other things. He was kind of considered a nothingness in the grand scope of history. However, he undid the acts of the Cadaver Synod, he officially rehabilitated Formosus, 
and reinstated all of the clerics that Stephen had forced out of the church. But again, this is the pattern of undoing the predecessor's work. So we have to weigh this as, do we see Theodore's actions as restoring some prestige or power for the church? Or do we see this as a negative of just continuing this pattern, which seems to be, you know, ongoing, even in his case, being undoing some pretty insane stuff? Yeah. Ugh. I want to give him a six. A six? Okay. It's bad to undo what the other Pope did, but that's a bad Pope. (laughs) It is definitely a bad Pope. And he is doing it in a very official way. He's having the synod. And more importantly, he brings Formosus' body actually back. Like this is, to me, that seems like a big move. If we want to talk about prestige of the papacy, You cannot leave that man's body buried on the riverside where people were too afraid to touch it, you know? Yeah. And also the fact that that he brought back all the clerics that had been forced to resign. I know there are some people who were unhappy about that because they were had been put into positions that they didn't want, much like Stephen himself. But overall, he's he's trying to right a sinking ship for a better word. So I do want to give him some points. I don't know if I'm going to be as generous as you, but I'm going to give him a four, which will give him a 10 in this category, putting him completely on par with Romanus, which is nice. Fructus prohibitum. So he has one thing that he did. He undid the acts of Stephen. Um, this is not scandalous. It's almost like negative scandal points, but it's nothing. So it's a zero. Zero. Seculari impactum. Nothing. He didn't have any time. No, I didn't hear anything about lay people at all. He didn't have any time. He just like got in there, had a synod, and then went, yep, okay, out, I'm out of here, and died. So it's a zero. Let's see if he can actually score some points for himself, though, in Facium Sanctus, because I have some images for you. Fossium Sanctus. And these two are the same image. It's the St. Paul's outside the walls, but one's been heavily edited, so I'm sending them both to you because they're the same, but somehow managed to look entirely different. Oh, interesting. (laughs) All right. One is like gaunt man, and the other one is robust Santa Claus. (laughs) And yet they're the same. They are literally the same image. They have been shifted in color and shading and grandeur. Two things stand out to me about both of them is that he has a forky beard, but it's a very lopsided forky beard. And also with that forky beard and the way that he he has a very long sort of saggy face, I just see a bloodhound. Oh, see, I was going to go with a walrus. <laughs> a walrus is good, too. He doesn't have, like, the bushy Jamie Heineman mustache, but he is very <laughs> walrusy. He He is the perfect mix between a walrus and a bloodhound with all the sort of sagginess. Like, <laughs> he's very droopy. <laughs> he's so droopy. And in the one that has all the shadows... His droopy eye is completely mashed into the shadow of his eyebrow and his nose. <laughs> yeah, he's he's so droopy. 
He would be a senior walrus or a senior bloodhound for sure. Like he's got that straight up animal old man vibe. <laughs> <laughs> Which just, you know, for me, I love it. So I'm going to score him really high because I just see animals. <laughs> so what do you want to give him? Uh, I think I'm going to give him a four. He's really melty. He's so melty. <laughs> he looks like he's a, like a, one of those popsicles with eyes got left out too long. Oh, no. <laughs> I can't, you know, and even his hair, the way that usually when they have this, the bunny poof and, and the tonsure, it's rather... The bunny poof is melting. It is melting, and so are the sides. The sides are have no volume and no bounce like they usually do. So they're hanging like dog ears. And so I love this. what I imagine Stannis Baratheon looks like. Oh, yeah. that He would be a good Stannis Baratheon. Definitely. I love this. <laughs> I'm going to give him an eight. That's what the... That's the vibe he's giving off. He definitely is. I mean, he's probably a lot nicer than Stannis, though. Oh, definitely. With whatever that bad phrasing was. Gentle lover. A generous lover, generous foster lover. father to the poor. <laughs> I mean, I just want to, like, squeeze his little puppy cheeks and, and or his doggo cheeks and flop his ears. So um, he's going to get an eight from me. <laughs> Fair. Which, when we do the math, gives him a score of 1.2, which is, is good. There is another image of him. This one doesn't really say animal in the same way. It doesn't look anything like the other ones either. It's just that. Okay. <laughs> this man, this man does look like a generous lover and foster father. <laughs> and that's not a good way. Oh, no. It kind of reminds me of... Oh, gosh, I can never remember his name. The guy who's playing Uncle Fester in Wednesday. Oh, I haven't watched it. He's like, he was not who I thought. At in a, I would have never guessed that he was going to play Uncle Fester, but it kind of works. Oh, it's the guy from Put a Bird on It. Yeah, okay. Fred Armisen? Yeah. This image gives me very strong Fred Armisen vibes. Yeah, I guess it does. But that's not a good thing. So I'm glad we're no. rating on the other, because he's just a big old bloodhoundy walrus. So <laughs> let's go with that. Tempest Pontificus. So December 897 for approximately 20 days, despite what Floatard says in the epitaph. It was not 12. Burned a whole book in 20 days. He did. This gives him a score of 0 0.0625. But... Even this is not quite known for sure, right? The 20-day marks. And sources kind of differ precisely on how long he was Pope. 20 days, though, is the most common consensus, which makes Theodore II the fourth shortest papacy in history. And the shortest that we've covered on this podcast so far is Boniface VI at 16 days. So we're not quite at the shortest overall. But yeah, it's, it's not good. He's lucky that we have sort of a bottom level for scoring. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, 20 days is not that many. No, it's not. It's not even a full three weeks. I was sick coming home from my trip longer than he was Pope. That's wild. <laughs> you were sick forever. 
I really was. And I probably couldn't keep food down longer than he was Pope. But that's a whole other story that nobody wants to hear about. All right, everybody, it's the canon bonus round. Do, 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 do. No. <laughs> no. Which brings us to his total score, which is a not surprising, given his length of reign, 11.2625, which is only a couple points shy of Romanus. So it's not bad. That's about it. All right. But that brings us to our final question that we have to say no to. Is he popey enough and pizzazzy enough with an impact enough for a papal bull? No, I'm sorry. No. I mean, like I said, I was sick longer than he was pope. It just, nothing amazing happened. Although we appreciate his efforts, it's just not enough to carry him through. So that brings us to the end of our episode. We have a couple thank yous to make. We do have a coffee page. We do have our Patreon. We appreciate them all. So thank you for that. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking around, even with all the hiatus. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And goodbye. Goodbye. Pontifax is edited by Greg Gassman. You can find his show, Popular History, on all major podcatching platforms. And keep an eye out for his new show, Arexipod Ranking Cardinals, cardinal numbers you can also reach greg at popularhistory at gmail.com get it it's popular but with an e for the popes if you'd like to get in touch with us you can reach us at pontifexpod at gmail.com and we're pontifexpod on all social media platforms if you'd like to support the show consider subscribing to pontifex on patreon checking out our research wishlist at tinyurl dot com slash pontifax wishlist or making a one-time donation at paypal.me slash pontifax podcast if you'd like to support us in other ways rating and reviewing the show on itunes makes a world of difference mm-hmm.